Time now to welcome Brent Hubbs back to the show of VolQuest.com. His appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. From design to installation, the team at Diversified has you covered. View their portfolio online at sunandscreen.com. Brent Hubbs, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Weather's fantastic tonight. A little better than a week ago. Just and, a bit. Um, which is good. Should be a really good high school football game tonight. For anybody who has not seen Deshaun Bishop, you will see him early and often tonight and, and get a, an idea of what he's all about. And then obviously... I think this town is as excited as they've been in a while for um, a football game on Saturday night as Ole Miss comes to town. It's it's amazing what happens in this town when you win a couple of football games. They, everybody smiles a little bit. They're letting you merge over in traffic. <laughs> They'll let you pull out. You know, There's a whole lot happens good when, when the Tennessee football team starts to win a little bit. What do you think it'll be like, Brent? Because it's been a while since it's been a complete sellout. It's going to be checker kneeling. It's going to be a nighttime kickoff. And about 30,000 more people will be trying to get to Neyland Stadium Saturday night compared to what we've seen roughly to just about any game this year. Well, I mean, I think it'll be, it's got a chance to be an electric, terrific atmosphere. It'll be fantastic out of the gates. We'll, we'll see how, how Tennessee handles it, how Ole Miss handles it. But, I mean, this is what Danny White, this is what everybody's looking for, you know. I mean, everybody talks about enhancing the game day experience, and, and you do. I mean, you've got to do a lot of things, and you've got to be creative. The, the biggest enhancement you can give is to field a football team that gives you a chance to win when, when you show up on the field. And mm-hmm. Tennessee's done that the last two games, and they go into this game uh, in a evenly ma- pretty evenly matched game against Ole Miss with a chance to win, and I think that's got everybody excited. So it, it should be fantastic. I, I know there will be a lot of disappointment if for some reason that's not a good crowd. Weather's not going to be an issue from everything I've seen. Uh, it's night. Um, everybody's excited about offensive football, and they're going to get a whole bunch of it Saturday night. Uh, yes, they will. <laughs> Lane Kiffin said Tennessee should be a top 25 team. He voted them that way. If Tennessee beats Ole Miss, does Tennessee get the top 25? You know, that's we had that question on our mailbag podcast, and I, I think it's it's a pretty intriguing question because I think Tennessee was about what 35th in this last in this last poll. If you look at the yeah. also getting votes category or whatever. So I think to get there, it depends on what happens on the back half of the top 25 in in terms of who wins or who doesn't win. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't rule it out, but I don't think it's an automatic. But it depends on how the game goes. I mean, if Tennessee puts up a bunch more points again, three straight weeks out of that, um, they're certainly going to get a lot of people's attention. And you saw a little bit of that attention this week. There was a little bit more about Tennessee, a little bit more in-depth discussion about Tennessee on the SEC Network this week. I think Pat Forty had him had something about Josh Heupel earning his his car or whatever in his his, his four quarter thing you know whatever they call that deal that that he does for SI now it's changed it used to be the forty yard dash but it, it may still be that I'm not sure but he referenced him on a national spotlight so you're starting to see Tennessee at least capture the attention a little bit of some people across the country. ESPN had Tennessee number twenty three in their football power index there you which, go. which surprised me a little bit to see that out but there they are. Let's go ahead and check in with Steve. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Steve. Hey, fellas. Hey. Hey. Uh, is the quarterback at Ole Miss one of the better ones that's ever been in the stadium? Oh, he's a good player. I don't know about one of the better ones to have ever played in Neyland Stadium. There have been a lot of good quarterbacks come through yeah. here yeah. in 100 years of football. But um, right. he, he is... He's the best quarterback Tennessee's faced this year. There, there's no right. doubt about that, and presents the biggest challenge that Tennessee has faced because he can do things with his feet. Uh, he throws the ball really well. 
you know, my concern with him is is unlike Embry Jones, when Embry Jones of Florida gets out of the pocket, the ball goes under his arm and he's gone. He's right. going to run the football. Even if he's six yards behind the line of scrimmage, Jimmy, he's going to run the football. Matt Corral might be six yards behind the line of scrimmage, and he might run four yards forward, stop and throw the football. Mm-hmm. That's the <laughs> difference between those two guys uh, that, that creates such a problem when, when he gets out and gets running around a little bit. He, he's got a little Johnny Manziel in him, uh, if you will. I, I think he plays with more composure, Jimmy, but, but from the – and he's probably not as – elusive as Manziel, but there's a little bit of that uh, uh, that kind of play where he might just stop at any point and throw the ball. And he's really good throwing on the run, too. Mm-hmm. He is. Good player. Okay. Well, okay. Do you think what's going on in recruiting right now? Going to have a bunch of guys in this weekend for unofficial visits. A whole bunch of visits. The, you know, we talked about how this town gets a little more electric. I, I think everybody answered the phone a little quicker this week from the Tennessee coaches when Tennessee made phone calls. Um, and I think that's what happens when you win and people start paying attention to you. So uh, it's, Tennessee's not suddenly hot from the standpoint they're going to get a bunch of commitments, but they are hot from this, from, from this standpoint. People are listening. People are intrigued. And Tennessee's getting uh, more and more guys on campus. No official visits this weekend, unofficial visits only. Uh, but there's going to be a whole bunch of them, starting with big boy from Powell, Walter Nolan. He's going to be in town as, as well. You know, he's in town, but he's going to be over at the game. they got a couple of high-profile quarterbacks that are going to be in town. Kid from California is going to be here who, who's also um, got interest in Ole Miss. Most all of the commitments are going to be here, Steve. Uh, they got a top 200, top, yeah, probably top 200 receiver in Ethan Davis, who's in the 23 class. He's going to be here Um Marcel Reed is a quarterback in the 23 class from out in the mid-state I really like. He's supposed to be here this weekend. So uh, a lot of a lot of good players. Some quarterbacks are starting to take notice of what Hendon Hooker's doing. That's got a little bit of uh, uh, Tennessee's getting a little bit of attention from those guys as well. Not just for not in this class, but in 23, 24, and 25. Yeah, okay. Well, okay, fellas. Uh, I always next week to say something about your football playing son. <laughs> yeah, I want you okay. to know, when I first heard you mention him, and I just got it in my stupid head right away because you followed, you were with the media, Twitter in Tennessee, but your son was not a good athlete. He was somebody that had a uniform and was glad to be on the squad. And then I find out he's darn good. So <laughs> well, that did me good. Well, I appreciate it. I don't know about darn good, but he plays hard, and he's enjoying playing with his teammates. And uh, we get to go out to the Mid-State this week and play. And um, as I've told him repeatedly, soak every Friday night up. Soak every bus ride up that you could find because they don't last forever. And um, it's a time in your life that you're that, that you're not going to get back. It's 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 hard to, to duplicate a you know, being on a football team into high school ranks, being on bus rides and that locker room that you have with those guys. So uh, I hope he's enjoying every second of it. I hope everybody in high school football is. It's It's been nice to have a normal year, and uh, I hope kids are certainly appreciated because last year was really hard. Steve, we do appreciate it. And I think you can say nobody's going to outwork Eli Hubs, that's for sure. <laughs> well, some people might try, some people might say that they will, but um, you know, and he, and they and they probably do, you know. He 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 likes to work and and he's having a good time. So we're going to we're going to roll through the rest of football season and then uh, my assumption is we're going to find a wrestling mat pretty quick after that as well. So uh, 
again, I, I think that it's important to be a part and, you know, be involved in things at the high school level, whether it's the band or cheerleading or academic clubs or whatever, just to have the full experience. I, I know that was a big part of what I, I enjoyed most about high school. So I hope everybody's taking all that in. And we live in a world where everybody's on their device and nobody wants to verbalize with anybody, and they seem very content with that. I hope we, I hope we can still interact and be in a locker room or, or be on the, on the hardwood or whatever we're doing and, and still be good teammates to each other. Can you give us the scout on York Institute? No, I can't. <laughs> I know. Let's put it this way. I got my directions from Tim Berry last night. If that tells you all I know about York wow. Institute right now, is he told me how to get there. So uh, we'll we'll figure out a, we'll figure out a way to get to the mid state uh, tomorrow night and and see what happens. That's Brent Hubbs with Jimmy Himes. I'm John Wilkerson. We'll get a break to join us. Six five six ninety nine hundred six five six ninety nine hundred star nine ninety is free for AT and T and U S cellular customers. The toll free number one eight six 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 five six ninety nine hundred. Our guest Brent Hubbs of AllQuest.com. If you have a question or comment for Brent, six five six ninety nine hundred six five six ninety nine hundred. It's Jeremy who joins us next. Hello, Jeremy. Hey guys, how's it going? Doing well. Hope you are. All hanging in there. Yes, uh, Brent, I got uh, two questions. The first one is uh, for this weekend, uh, not to score prediction, but uh, we've seen what ESPN uh, looks like, who they think is going to win, and Vegas, who they think is going to win. But don't you have to kind of lean towards Tennessee to win this game because of their defense? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, the defense hasn't been challenged the way that this defense is going to get challenged on Saturday. Um, I, I think it's going to come down to turnovers the same way it did a week ago for Arkansas and, and Ole Miss. If Arkansas doesn't turn it over twice, or, or Arkansas wins that game, in my opinion. I mean, I thought that was the total difference in the game. So I think t- for Tennessee, you got to play a clean football game. Uh, you gotta you got to get off the field when the opportunity presents itself. Uh, nobody's going to shut either offense out um, or shut them down, so to speak. Um you know, I think a lot of people look at what Emory Jones did and his ability to run around, and then you throw in, you know, Matt Corral's ability to throw the football with his legs. And I think that's why a lot of people are, are concerned about Tennessee's defense going into this game. Okay, then my final question is, um, what what do you think everybody's opinion is about the new AD and the, and the football staff? Do you think that everybody's just kind of surprised or just – waiting to see like the real the real test with the gauntlet of the schedule coming up and i'll hang up and listen well i think that i, mean, I think they're two separate things I, I think with this coaching staff i think if you're a, if you're a tennessee fan you like the fact that it's a fun brand of football to watch it's it's exciting you know people like scoring points uh people like good quarterback play two things that tennessee hasn't seen tennessee fans haven't seen a lot of the last few years um defensively they've been better than i thought they would be uh, again, different tests are coming, uh, harder tests are coming. But, you know, John, I think we've talked about it. I, I think for Tennessee fans, it's a little bit of put your toe in the water mm-hmm. with this staff. It's not this staff's fault. It's They're the fourth staff that you're supposed to be all in for. Yeah. Right? And, and so I think <laughs> when you get further down the line with that, it becomes a little more of, eh, let's wait and see. We'll, yeah. we'll sort of be in, but we're not in. I think as evident by the sellout this week, I think people are – People are waist deep now, right? I mean, they're not just putting their toe in. They're starting to, they're starting to get in it a little bit and, and get going. Uh, as for Danny White, probably the best thing going for him right now is the football team's winning, right? He gets everybody excited. Uh, you know, the ticket thing, you know, he, he took some criticism for that, and there's still 
some season ticket holders who aren't happy with that. Some are okay with it because it doesn't affect them as much or it feels like it levels the playing field for them, which hasn't been level. Um, but, I mean, I, I think overall that I don't I don't think Danny White's made missteps along the way. Um, smart move, pulling out the old Vol sign last week, right? Yep. Um, he's tried to fix beer concessions and, and make it a better experience for everybody there. Um, and, and he gets credit for Josh Heupel. And, and he said that Tennessee was going to play a better brand of football. And through six games, five games where we're at, it's a better brand of football. In my opinion, Jimmy. I mean, you may have a total different opinion on no, it. No, I, I thought Tennessee, in my projection, I had them winning six this year. Me too. I had them four and two right now. But they're better four and two than I thought because the offense is better than I thought. The run game is better than I thought because I didn't think with this offensive line they would run it this well. thought they'd run it well, but not this well. And their defense, uh, their run defense is better than I thought. So this is a better team than I thought, even though the record is right where I thought it would be. Well, yeah. and, but here's the thing. In getting to that record that you thought, John, Tennessee has improved to get to that record. Whereas had you beat Pittsburgh and then you go and you lose to South Carolina or you lose to Missouri – it's a different feel, right? Very I mean, it, so. it's all about the build, right? Yep. So all of a sudden, now you look at this team, man. For everybody's saying, "Boy, if they Pittsburgh right now, they'd take Pittsburgh to the woodshed," you know, and yep. they, and they probably would because it's a football team that's gotten better. And I think that's one of the things fans wanted to see and need to see as an improving team. Now, different. It's a different animal. A little bit different this week because of the offense, and then it becomes a really different animal with what you got coming the next couple of weeks. Very much so. But as far as just the uh, the administrative side, I do think that, uh, that Danny White has done some very nice things in the fact that he has done a lot for the immediate. What you could fix immediately, he's tried to fix. Because you have the big street fair uh, right outside baseball when people were having trouble getting tickets. And they weren't happy about that. Right. So they immediately did something where, yeah, you can come be a part of it. And uh, and so and he's listened to uh, to a lot of focus groups. He's he's done a lot of things. It's like, hey, sign me up for Checker Nealon. I'm all for right. it. So I think there have been things that he's jumped on board when he's when he's been able to, and we'll see how it goes in terms of some of the big-picture things, the huge projects that are right there, the undertaking of trying to uh, to modernize Neyland Stadium. Right. but And you throw in the fact, too, everybody was worried about Tony Vitello leaving. Yep. Got a new deal done there. Got that settled. Got that situated. Certainly working on baseball facilities has made it very clear. If my baseball coach wants to play on campus, we're going to play on campus, mm-hmm. and we're going to make an improvement. So I, I think that he has listened. You know, and I think that fans, I think the the reputation he had coming in was kind of a loud talker, thump your chest kind of deal because of some of the Twitter stuff. But I think if you spend any time with him, he's he's taken a very, very much for the first five or six months on the job, a lower key approach of I want to listen and learn. And, yeah. and, I, and I think that's been, I think that's a yeah. smart move and I think he's benefited from it, Jimmy. I do too. And the guy asked about the staff, I assume he meant the football staff. I'm I'd, assuming. I uh, I like this staff. There's still some coaches on the staff I really don't know that well, but the product they're putting on the field, kind of hard to argue. I wasn't sure about the defensive coordinator. They look pretty good to me. Um, I wasn't sure about some of the other position coaches. They look really good, and I was pretty sure about the defensive line coach. But I think this staff has done a, a really nice job of buy-in from players and overcoming transfers and in-season injuries. They've had a bunch of those that – when you got a Brandon Turnage coming up being the defensive player of the week replacing Theo Jackson, 
That's uh, that's a pretty good sign to me that you've done a nice job of coaching people up. Well, and here's the thing, too. I mean, they've had some issues, and put nine people on the field for a punt return is bad, yeah. right? Had to take a timeout last week. Two number ones. You didn't, you, yeah. didn't ha- you didn't have proper personnel. Mm-hmm. But other than just a small handful of things here, you don't walk away going, man, I'm not, they're not, they don't look like a very well-coached football team. Yeah. A, because they're getting better. And B, you just haven't seen those colossal bad plays, right? I yeah. mean, the the worst play of the year offensively is what? A, an interception by Hendon Hooker in the pit game? Yeah. You know? I mean, they had a drop ball on fourth down. But you come away with that going, guys, wide open. They schemed it up to get yeah. him open. I mean, there's a lot of things that you look at as a fan and go, it's just going to take some time, but they can get guys open, right? And yeah. defensively, when you're leading the, you know leading the country in tackles for loss and you're playing that aggressive brand of football, you know that gets people's attention and so I, I think that's why the fans are pretty pretty jazzed up about where things are right now. Jeremy, we appreciate the call. If you have a question or comment for Brent, 656-9900, 656-9900. His appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. We're at Carnes High. It's Rivalry Thursday, Oak Ridge, in town tonight. Our guest, Brent Hubs of AllQuest.com, as you listen to Sports Talk. Today, it's Rivalry Thursday, and we're brought to you by our friends at OEB Law and by Matlock Tire Service and Auto Repair. Back to the phones we go. It's Jeff who's up next. Hello, Jeff. Hey, guys. Uh... Yeah, so my question, uh, actually I have two. The first one, referencing high school ball, why are some of the games at 7 o'clock and some of the games at 7.30? Uh, again, uh, and then my second question uh, for Brent would be, what does the balls need to do to give them the best odds to win Saturday night? And I'll hang up and listen to the call. Thanks, guys. Uh, my, my two keys would be um, possession down defense, third or fourth down. Got to get off the field if you're Tennessee enough. You're not going to get off the field all the time, but you got to get off the field enough and, and, you know, limit some possessions there. Don't give them second opportunities. If you've got fourth and sixth, you got to get that stop there. Uh, the other thing offensively is you can't turn the football over. Tennessee's been terrific at that the last three games. Uh, you just can't turn it over. Again, I, I said this earlier and. Uh, watching, I, I didn't watch that game play by play, but in going back and watching a good bit of uh, Ole Miss and, and Arkansas, the, the two turnovers were just killers for Arkansas because Ole Miss could not stop them uh, after the first quarter. They didn't, they didn't have an answer there. Arkansas stopped themselves twice with turnovers, uh, and of course the two-point play didn't, didn't work out for them. I, I'm not sure exactly what that play was, but it didn't look like it got executed well or something. But if they don't turn it over twice, I mean Arkansas had more yards. More first downs, more as many third down conversions and fourth down conversions. They just turned it over twice. That 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 was what did them in. So those would be my two keys. As for the high school deal, you know, a lot of that's up to the to the discretion of the high school. Um, I know there was a push by some school administrators in Knox County. A lot of people had. I saw a lot of social media stuff last year about how much better it would be if it was a seven o'clock game. All that I know a lot of high school coaches were really worried about seven o'clock starts early in the year because of the heat mm-hmm. and because of the weather, uh, and so Knox County did not issue a mandate that said everybody had to start at seven. They left it up to the individual school but because of the heat, lack of depth, lack of numbers we had. It gives we played at seven thirty. Uh, didn't feel like it was a, a, a advantageous for us to be out for warm ups at four forty five and you know in ninety degree heat or, or whatever. So. Um, we decided to play. Our, our coach decided to play at 7:30. Uh, 
just to try to help the kids out from that from a heat standpoint. We'll play at you know some seven o'clock games down the stretch here that that the weather's changed and the, and the time has changed. So a lot of coaches felt like it was unhealthy to start a game at seven because of the heat index and the yeah. heat. The first half of the season, all of Catholic's home games were 7.30, but since they've crossed into the second half, and some of it's because you've got a lot of a long travel from their opponents to get here and then a long ride home, so right. perhaps starting as early as you can local time is the, is the best way to go, but they, in their, their home games in the second half of their schedule have all been seven thus far. But, yeah, it, it really is something that there was the push for 7 p.m., but it wasn't mandatory. So it's just kind of been school-by-school decisions. We do appreciate it, Jeff. Let's go next to Alan. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Alan. Yes, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, Brian, I've got uh, a question about the two kids at Alcoa. I know they're Mm -hmm. just juniors. I I hate to talk about juniors this early, but uh, one of them's uh, rivals top 250, just named. uh, What are they projecting? in college and uh what are what, who are they looking at right now i'm assuming you're talking about the two linemen yeah the two linemen i'm sorry okay i, I want to make sure they they got enough they got enough they got enough athletes running around there i wanted to make sure didn't have, <laughs> i wasn't missing somebody uh but but you're talking about um the jeffries kid bubba jeffries and and lance williams uh, I think Jeffrey's Lance is going to be an inside guy. I know he's playing tackle now, but he's going to be a guard in college, in my opinion. Um, Jeffries yeah. is a guy who might play right tackle, could slide inside and play guard. Um, you know, I, I think both those guys are on a lot of people's radar. Uh, they have some offers. I know Lance has an offer from Kentucky. Um, Jeffries had an offer from Florida State. I, I think he still got that offer. Uh, but I think both those guys are going to see their, their recruitment continue as people continue to watch them and, and, and take a look at them and, and see, you know, um, I, I just, you know, they've camped this summer to help their stock, and I, I think that you'll probably see them camp uh, again some more next summer to, to help their stock. But that's where they kind of project at this point. I know, I know Lance has been to Clemson. He's been to Alabama to camp, West Virginia, Kentucky, South Carolina, Tennessee. Uh, I think both those kids will be at Tennessee this weekend for unofficial visits. Okay, yeah, the Jeffries kid is one that broke the top 250 for two, mm-hmm. 2023. Uh, and uh, another question, I'm embarrassed to say this because I try to get all the high school games. What am I going to see tonight? I've never seen the Cardinals running back. I, I wanted to come over and watch him, but I'm not going to be able to. But what am I going to see out of him tonight? What, what is, gonna, What's his upside? You're going to see him touch the ball a lot. A lot. I think he's okay. averaging nearly 40 carries a game. Um, he he touches the ball a lot for them. Uh, he's a guy who has uh, shown the home run potential. Um, has broken a lot of you know broken a lot of long runs. He's gotten bigger from last year. The first time I saw him play, he was playing Campbell County last year, and he ran all over Campbell County. Uh, but it was a lot of kind of speed sweep. You know, get on the get on the perimeter and go. Uh, I think he's running with a little bit more power now than, than he than he has because he's put on some weight. Uh, you know, he's a guy that came to camp at Tennessee and really showed out at camp. He was very um, kind of an all-purpose guy. He caught the ball out of the, you know well when they asked him to run some routes. And um, you know, it's hard in camp to show your running back skill, Jimmy. So they put you a lot of times at the receiver position. Show good athletic ability. I think the biggest thing he's shown this fall is more power, and, and I think that's what has continues to get everybody's attention about him is just the power he's playing with. Okay. Thanks for taking my call. 
Sure, appreciate it. Alan, thank you very much. Let's go next to Mike. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Mike. Hey, John, Jimmy, Brent, it's good to be with you. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, Brent, your, your point is well taken about uh, mistakes will be uh, maybe the most important thing come Saturday. Uh, my concern is our pass rush. We had, if memory serves me right, we had very little pass rush last Saturday against South Carolina. And this Saturday it would be almost suicide if we don't have some kind of of pass rush. Number two, I'd like to ask you about their running game. Uh, does it offset anything that uh, we might do in terms of uh, uh, rushing uh, linebackers and that kind of thing? What, what, how well they run the ball? They run it well. They run it well. They're a lot like Tennessee from the standpoint of everybody thinks it's, you know, the throw your Waffle House menu in the stands when you got somebody running 80 yards free for a touchdown and and they make a lot of big plays, but they, Jimmy, they like to run the football. They um, do. They average about 260 yeah, on the ground. They do. They, they're going to line up, and they're oh, not yeah. going to line up in a traditional, you know, set and run it. They're going to run it out of the spread like Tennessee. But the, the misnomer for both of these offenses is that they want to throw it all the time, and that's just not the case. They they both want to be balanced, you know, and um, that'll be – I think the, I think the challenge when you get away from – you know, the two points I made about conversions and, and turnovers, I, I think the real challenge is on Tennessee's linebackers. I think this offense and what they do, Jimmy, stresses your linebackers in such a bad way. Because if you go if you go three two six, right, and, and you play a dime package, they're going to line up and just run it at you. Yeah. So you got you got to kind of keep you, – you almost got to play that nickel package, the four two five, because you need four guys up front. But then it's going to put a lot of pressure on your linebackers. Sideline to sideline, they got to play some yep. zone coverage, and they got to get home on some blitzes. Tennessee's going to have to blitz him. They're not going to be able to sit back and just say, hey, here comes our, fo- our front four. I-, I don't know that anybody's front four has gotten to Ole Miss all year long, Jimmy, on, on any kind of consistent uh, basis. They've been pretty good up front. Uh, uh, Tennessee did have four sacks against South Carolina, which is a pretty good total. Uh, one concern from the flip side of that is Tennessee's been sacked 20 times, which is the most in the SEC. They got. They need to avoid that. They don't need to get down in negative uh, situations uh, with the down and distance. That's what hurt them in the second half against South Carolina. There were three of the drives that were stopped in that second half were the result of a sack, which put them in a bad down and distance. I, I mean, I, just, I think you have to take your chances. I, I, I mean, because Tennessee has shown to this point in the season they they cannot consistently get home with four. That they, there was one particular sack they had last Saturday that they didn't blitz anybody. They got home with four, and and I noted, wow, they got you know they didn't blitz anybody there. But for the most part, when they've sacked the quarterback, it's been bringing extra people. So when you do that, you better get all your fits the right way so you don't lose contain. Because if you lose that contain, then obviously Matt Corral is going to take off and run for you know first downs. If you're playing man coverage behind him, you know, and they've got your back turned, he's not. They're not going to see Corral running, and all of a sudden you look up, he's going to have a first down like Doty did on the on the third and 17 or third and 15 play where he ran for 17 18 yards um, that's the, you, you better hit your outside fits and not let them get outside contain uh, and they've let that happen a couple of times this year Doty did it uh, Pickett had a big one at the end of the first half of the pit game that extended that drive and allowed them to score right at the end of the half so you, you better when you blitz you better still maintain your, your all of your fundamentals so you don't let the guy squirt out the outside Mike, we do appreciate the call. Final segment for us with Brent Hubbs of BallQuest.com. His appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. Let's check in with Pete. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Pete. 
Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing fine. How are you? Doing fine. Sitting at your own Douglas Lake watching the sun go down. Yeah, that's a great place to be. <laughs> hey, listen, this is for Brent. You know what? Greenville and Elizabeth and up, Upper East Tennessee has won the last four state champions between the two teams. Why is Tennessee not recruiting any of these boys? Well, who, I mean, who's come and got those boys at, at the SEC level that Tennessee has, quote, missed out on, you know? Uh, I, I, and, then, and that's not a knock on them. I, I just think that it's one of those things where they're, they're the byproduct of, a, of being a really good team and not necessarily one great individual or two really good, you know, really great individual players. Um, they, they've just had really good teams. And, and I know Greenville's got the, the quarterback that's playing at um, Army, if I'm not mistaken, uh, who's done really well up there. That was a good fit for him. I'm not sure where he fit in offenses, you know, at, at you know outside of that style of offense. So they've had good players. I just don't think that they've had guys that uh, have been SEC caliber players. Kind of like with Maryville and Alcoa. You hadn't seen a whole lot of those. You've seen some go to Tennessee, but you haven't seen that many of them have success. Yep. Let's work in a quick call from Pat before the hour ends. Hello, Pat. There you go. Hey. Yeah, how are you all doing tonight? Doing well. Hope you are. I am. This is for Brent. Uh, I noticed Tennessee just recently offered a Christian Harrison. What is the chances of Tennessee, if there are any chances of Tennessee landing him? Oh, I think Tennessee. I think Tennessee's got a real chance to land Christian Harrison. That's Rodney Harrison's son. For those people who don't know, uh, the, the former NFL player who's obviously been on television does work for NBC. Committed to Liberty, I think, at this point. Uh, Tennessee just offered. He was here last week. I think there's a chance he could be back um, as early as this week. Um, we'll see if that happens. But uh, I think Tennessee certainly got his attention last week, and uh, I think Tennessee's right in the thick of that one. Pat, we sure do appreciate it. Brent, what's going on at VolQuest these days? Getting ready for a big football game. Uh, we got all kinds of coverage, plenty of recruiting coverage. Rob's got his matchup piece up. We'll have tons of recruiting stuff, tons of pregame coverage leading up to kickoff on Saturday night, tons of coverage after kickoff, after the game is over in regards to the game, as well as recruiting because there's a lot going on right now. Got a little I, basketball up today, too. That's, that's true. How cool was it to, uh, to just see Al Wilson celebrated the way he was and for this year's team to kind of get a feel for who Al was? Well, I mean, you know, and it was great, and, and I applaud everybody at the university for doing everything that they did to make that a great day for Al Wilson. It was exactly what Al wanted, and Al wanted it to be about his teammates, and it was. Uh, he got to hang out with his teammates. They didn't occupy his time with a bunch of stuff. It was, what do you want, Al? And this is what he wanted, and Tennessee obliged that. So hats off to Tennessee with that. Um, I loved hearing the stories, and I've heard some of them this week, about those guys in the locker room after the game. Leonard Little talking to defensive linemen, Al Wilson talking to the entire team. Those guys going in and not taking the moment, but those guys going in, watching the, watching the players have their moment, and then talking to them about, different things about Tennessee so they can build from that. I applaud Josh Heupel for the way he is trying to interweave the past with the present and the future of his football program to help establish the culture he's looking for. Brent, always appreciate it. Thank you so much. Good luck to the Eagles tomorrow night, and uh, we'll see you Saturday. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. That's Brent Hubs of AllQuest.com. His appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. From design to installation, the team at Diversified has you covered. View their portfolio online at sunandscreen.com.